Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown. Where the plum purple haze. The one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers. Inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and a culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music. The tall tales. True stories. And current goings on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter. And swim buck naked in summer. Welcome to episode 37 of the Brown County Hour. This is Dave Seastrom along with the rest of the crew, and this month we will be bringing you our special Fun Drive edition of the show. Our musical guests this month are the Rusted String Swindlers. We'll begin with their interview and then listen to some of their music. We have Carrie Ray's latest edition of For a Song, and Vera shares an interview with Rick Clayton. We have another essay from Dave Seastrom, and Gunther Flum shares more of his unique poetry. We have an extended community calendar, insightful words from Rick, and a poem by a new contributor, Carol Marks. We begin the show with the Rusted String Swindlers. to have the Rusted String Swindlers with us this evening. And they are the very first band to be interviewed in our brand new studio here on St. Patrick's Day. We have Casey Simmons with us and Dennis Dodge. Jeff Adams and Grady Ferguson were unable to attend this evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for coming in. Thank Good you. evening. Thanks for having us. We feel privileged to be the first in the new set up here. Yeah, well, somebody had to do it. It might as well be you guys. <laughs> so glad you could show up. So I, ha I have to ask, Rusted String Swindlers, where did you guys come up with the name? What's the backstory on that? Oh, we tried to put together the hardest name that the human mouth could pronounce. <laughs> well, you've come pretty close. Uh, <laughs> we, we wanted to, we, our thought was we wanted a name that was tricky enough that you had to repeat it five or six times before you finally got it. And then once you got it, maybe it'd be stuck in your head. Well, it's worked for me. Uh, of course, I suspect more often than not, you've all been shortened to swindlers. Yeah, usually, usually. people just give up, and <laughs> I don't think our plan really worked. <laughs> Did you have other names you were kicking around, or just sort of evolved to rusted string swindlers? I, I think that's the only one. Well, you do mostly bluegrass music, or exclusively bluegrass music? Uh, we do mostly bluegrass. We're kind of branching out. We're a pretty young band. We've, this lineup we've got has only been together a few months, five, six months. So we're kind of just now getting into exploring more original music and kind of breaking away into more of our own sound. It's not necessarily strictly bluegrass. Bluegrass is a pretty sacred music around here. It'd be a great place to start. Now, Casey, you do vocals and guitar, is that correct? That's correct. Uh-huh. And Dennis, you're uh, the banjo player. Yep. Do you sing as well, or? 
I try my best not to. You try not to. Yeah, well, and I'm sure that's appreciated by some. I can't play and sing at the same time. <laughs> so tell me about how your band got together. Well, we've, myself and Dennis here, we've been playing music together in some form or another pretty much since we started. I think we both started around about 11. Yeah, 11, 12. I actually started on electric bass. So you guys knew each other from high school, junior high school. Yeah, well, we, our parents were friends when we were born. And so actually you've been friends from birth then. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No time flies. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it just drags. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how to integrate this into the conversation, but for the radio audience, these both of these gentlemen are sporting spectacular beards. Um, so they are way past their infancy. The only question that anyone bothered to ask on your website was whether the beards are real. They are real. They're, Just they're for, for real. <laughs> they, they are real. Um, so how did you get together with Jeff Adams and Grady Ferguson? Kind of just stumbled across Jeff Adams here in the local jam scene in Brown County. I was uh, packing a base around town, kind of sitting in on a couple of the local jams. and Like Muddy Boots or? Yeah, the Muddy Boots jam and then Uncle Otis's jam. Oh, okay. And just kind of kind of came across Jeff. He was uh, just starting out on Dobro when I first started seeing him at the jams. And, and I thought, you know, this guy may be smoking hot Dobro player five, six years from now. Better get the hooks in him while he's young. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah, nurse that talent. If we want to hear you guys, uh, are you playing any gigs in the next couple of months that we could know about? Or? We got the the Morel Festival. I think we're playing on the 25th, and then we're doing that acoustic root festival. Oh, for WFHB. Yeah. Excellent. Now, I assume some of this information is going to be on either your website or your Facebook page. Yeah. Can you give me that information? Music and all the shows are listed on Reverb Nation. It's okay. ReverbNation.com, Rusted String Swindlers. And then Facebook is Rusted String Dot Swindlers at Facebook. Dot Swindlers? Just yeah. because the name wasn't complicated enough. Yeah. <laughs> Tried to change that. It won't let me change it. Said you got to wait for six months or something. So. Facebook is like that. Um, it exists that I live in Nashville. It doesn't yeah. have any provision for the fact that I actually don't live in Nashville, that I'm out in the county. <laughs> I guess it's all towns where they come from. Must be. <laughs> So, as bluegrass guys, what are your musical influences? Well, a little bit of bluegrass. I mean, uh, Ricky's Gags, Bill Monroe. Oh, all the, uh, let's tick all the boxes here, all the ones you're supposed to say. Bill Monroe, Ricky's Gags. My probably biggest influence is Dale McCurry, mainly vocally. I, that's just about top shelf for me. We didn't really start out in bluegrass. We were in more rock-oriented and even... <clears throat> Heavy metal oriented. Heavy metal bands. <laughs> Heavy metal. Yeah, we, we don't have to waste a lot of time on that. Was that before the beards? I mean, was that during the Mohawk time? Or? <laughs> no, we never did the Mohawks. We never had enough hair for Mohawk. Dennis has had the beard since he was probably nine. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a hairy little I'm just catching up. <laughs> I was. Started shaving when I was like 12, I think. What about you, Dennis? What were you, who were your musical influences? Like, I don't really have an influence as far as banjo goes. I just thought it was was neat and 
I didn't like playing bluegrass guitar. And this shows, his banjo playing shows that he has no banjo influence. He's got a really odd style. I call it the four out of five string banjo because <laughs> he plays a five string, but he only uses four. That's true. <laughs> just keep that one, that extra one. Just that case. little guy on yeah. top's just there yeah, for yeah. show. I, I don't take it off because I feel like it's going to throw something off yeah, the banjo. Right, right. I, banjo out of balance. He's, he yeah. says he tunes it because sometimes he accidentally hits it. No, I don't want it to be out of place. Well, it's probably, it's, that's probably a good thing. I mean, you probably want everything to be into. Yeah. He may have invented yeah. that four out of five string banjo playing. Yeah, I didn't know. You have to have a five string banjo to play four out of five string banjo. I don't. Or a four string tenor banjo. I think so. But you can't play four out of five string on a four string. No, you can't yeah. play all four. <laughs> I in no way play traditional banjo, that's for sure. So where did you guys make your recording? Uh, we did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. With a in our practice room, we call the pickin' coop. Yeah. Pickin' coop. It's right next door to the chicken coop. I like that. <laughs> Do you have chickens? It's actually not quite as fancy as what y'all have going on here. We're still just plywood walled and major sound issues. Well, that, I mean, that is kind of the glory of today, that... Anyone with a computer can make a quality recording. Unfortunately, we didn't have a computer, so... <laughs> yeah, this is all done on a... We did, a have, we did have this fancy digital... It's a, yeah, it's a digital... Multi-track recorder. Multi-track recorder, and we just... The songs are on the, the website. Me and him, I think, do most of the instruments okay. that are on there, except the one... Jeff is on the dope room on that one. Yeah, we got one with the full new lineup. <laughs> You're able to edit and blend yeah. and stuff. And yeah. Voiceovers. And we've got yep. plans in the near future to record the current lineup and the full lineup. So yep. we've kind of come up with a pretty unique sound with the lineup of guys we got, and we, we want to get it recorded. We just haven't quite got to it yet. So, so where to from here? Do you guys hope to become a national touring band, or is this... Uh, I wouldn't complain if it went that way. <laughs> Uh, obviously, it would be nice to only play music for uh-huh. a living, but either way, just getting to play on the weekends is fun also. Yeah, we just have fun playing. So, let's talk about the music. Uh, tell me about Winding River. <laughs> Winding River is a original Rusted String Swindler song we wrote basically about Indiana. Okay. <laughs> We've all been born and raised in Indiana. Seems to be the cool thing to do is write a song about your home state.
In this segment, Carolyn Dutton tells us about the Lady Be Good event at the Brown County Playhouse. We'll hear this month's Carrie Ray for a song, plus a poem by Carol Marks, and a tune by our musical guests, the Rusted String Swindlers. Hi, this is Carolyn Dutton, Nashville resident and jazz violinist. I'd like to tell you about an upcoming show at the Brown County Playhouse. The illustrious Monica Herzig, well-known jazz pianist here in the area, will perform a 30-minute jazz concert with fellow musicians Jennifer Kirk, Amanda Gardier, myself, and Jordan West, followed by the screening of a new documentary by K.D. Ray, a Seattle filmmaker. The film is called Lady Be Good, Instrumental Women in Jazz, and it focuses on the contributions of American women in the jazz movement in the United States from the 1920s up to the 1970s. It features women who play instruments. Most of us think of women in jazz as vocalists, Billie Holiday or Ella Fitzgerald. This time, this documentary focuses on sax players, trumpet players, clarinet players, drummers, and bass players that were jazz musicians and females. The documentary is full of lost stories, provocative and humorous interviews, and is a really wonderful journey through musical history. The filmmaker, Katie Ray, will be at the show for a Q&A session with Brown County Playhouse patrons. And earlier in the day, the musicians will offer a free workshop for young jazz students at 4 p.m. The show again is at 7.30 p.m. at the Brown County Playhouse. For the workshop, students should bring their instruments for an informal educational jam session which will last at least one hour. The performers will be offering tips and advice. The Playhouse will provide keyboard, bass, and drums. We hope to see you. That's April 10th, Friday night at 7.30 p.m. at the Brown County Playhouse. More information and tickets are available online at browncountyplayhouse.org. Welcome to Forest Song. I'm your host, Carrie Ray, and what a difference a month can make. When we were last together, a late batch of winter had blanketed our lovely little patch of dirt. Now that same soil is brimming with life, coaxed out of its den by the mischievous, smiling sun. Of course, as an Indiana native, extreme swings of temperature and weather have to work pretty hard to impress me. But there were at least a few times in the last month that made even this weather-hardened Hoosier's head spin. In fact, my good friend and all-around Renaissance woman, Kara Barnard, recently penned a cartoon of my comments on the subject. It's posted on my Facebook page as well as on the Forest Song podcast page at carryray.com. Now, where was I? Ah, yes, I was talking about extremes. Now, if there's one thing good Midwesterners are clear about, it's the danger of extremes. That's right. We folks here in the middle of America like things, well, sort of down the middle. Right down the middle, actually. Not too far one way or the other. Not too much one thing or another. We're a count-onable lot, generally speaking, and have the concept of all things in moderation, down to a very predictable science. And for the most part, 
We like it that way. But when it comes to songwriting, extremes are valuable tools. Been hurt? You could say, I'm having trouble picking up the pieces. But why not say, it feels just like I'm walking on broken glass? You might say, I'm having trouble forgiving you. But how about, though I answer when forgiveness calls, my heart hangs up the phone. And there are times when I love you very much just doesn't quite cover it. Sometimes you need to say, my love is deeper than the holler, stronger than the river, higher than the pine trees growing tall upon the hill. My love is purer than the snowflakes that fall in late December, honest as a robin on a springtime windowsill, and longer than the song of a whippoorwill. Yep, I think that should just about do it. When it comes to performing, people have asked me if I have to become someone else when I'm on stage. Well, some folks do that, have stage selves or alter egos. That doesn't work for me because authenticity is a core value. But neither does being my everyday self. I have to be what I call a bigger version of myself. All of my natural ways of being are there, just amplified, much like my guitar is amplified. I think the same is true of writing songs. Keep in mind that in a radio-friendly song, you have three and a half to four minutes to get your point across. So you had better amplify your communication. Get out of the middle of the road with your language. All the fun is in the ditches anyhow. Be dramatic. Use some flourish. Exaggerate a little. Go big or go home. Sometimes I even use this as a test when I'm writing a song. If it sounds reasonable when I read it aloud, it may not be enough to work in a song. Not one that moves folks anyhow. So here's an exercise for you. Write a dramatic song. A ridiculous one. An angry one. A whiny one. A dirty one. Or any other topic that you can take to the hilt. And go to extremes. Use the most expressive language you can come up with. It's good practice to get out of the language rut and improve your chances at writing those rare golden lines. I'm Carrie Ray. Join me next time on For a Song. If you have ideas, questions, or topics you would like to have covered on For a Song, please send them along. You can reach me via the contact page of my website, carryray.com. That's C-A-R-I-R-A-Y.com. Thanks for listening. Let's talk about Columbus Stockade Blues. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with Columbus, Indiana, does it? No, sir, it does not. Columbus Stockade Blues is a nifty little tune about a couple guys that were locked up together down in Columbus, Georgia. So what kind of instrumentation is on this one? I think that one is trio fashion. I think we just ran with bass, guitar, and banjo. Pretty sparse.
We begin with another essay from Dave Seastrom. We have a new poem from Gunther Flum and another tune from the Rusted String Swindlers. This month, we are celebrating our first broadcast originating from our new studio here in the History Center in Uptown Nashville. This is a joyous culmination of many months of planning and the strong support from our community. We are completely committed to the Brown County Hour, but there's no way we could have done this on our own. When we received a Brown County Community Foundation grant, we were able to upgrade our computer, which improves our ability to make quality recordings. Eventually, we want the entire crew to receive the training required to produce and edit the show. This will be much easier with the new computer. This is also true about our partnership with the Brown County History Center. They have generously provided an excellent space for our new studio, and we're looking forward to working with them on future projects. We've had a long-standing relationship with the Historical Society, and honestly, it's exciting to be part of the team as we all grow into the new facility. Back in November, we were able to raise the funds to build our new studio. This came about thanks to all of you who showed up at our fundraising event. Through your generous donations, we are now recording the show in our new and vastly improved studio. Once again, we would like to thank our sponsors from the event. The Brown County Inn provided the room, and we also received generous donations from the Muddy Boots, the Pine Room Tavern, and the Hobnob Corner Restaurant. And thanks to the many musicians who donated the time, the event was a smashing success. We are both proud and humbled by the support of our community, and we look forward to producing radio that reflects the people and interests of Brown County for many years to come. I've got to tell you, our new studio exceeds our wildest dreams. We have a much better setup to record live music, and our overall sound quality has improved tremendously. We're also much easier to find. The new History Center is a beautiful addition to Nashville and one of the most impressive buildings in town. Soon, everyone will have a chance to experience the new facility. We would like to invite each and every one of you to attend the grand opening and building dedication on April 26th at 2 p.m. Along with the scheduled activities, the Brown County Hour team will be there, and we would love to meet you and show you our new digs. We've got a ways to go before everything is up to snuff. We have the infrastructure up and running, and we're working on the overall look of the studio. We're moving forward with each passing week. The entire crew have shared their creative talents by making the studio not only more functional, but pleasing to the eye as well. This was something we didn't have to concern ourselves with in the old studio. When we were tucked away in a hole in the wall, it didn't really matter what we looked like. After all, we're a radio show, and no one cared if the studio was attractive. We're in a high-profile position in our new location, and we've had to rise to the standards of the new History Center. It's like cleaning up your children for church. It just won't do to look shabby. We've gone from folding tables and plastic chairs to a beautiful conference table with leather chairs, and thanks to an anonymous donor, our studio has new carpet. It's so impressive, it's taken us a while to get used to it. All of this is because people cared enough to donate this furniture and the dollars it took to build the studio. The Brown County Hour is a very small part of a much larger family, and we are delighted to be part of WFHB. 
Community radio exists because each of us does our part. Thanks to the 200 volunteers who keep the station running 24-7 and the many listeners who donate their hard-earned dollars to help pay the electric bill, WFHB continues to broadcast. It's a team effort, and we're all members. This is what volunteer-powered community radio is all about. You are listening to the Spring Fun Drive edition of the Brown County Hour. This gives us a chance to remind everyone, if you enjoy this show and the many fine and varied programs here on WFHB, please consider pledging. Personally, I can't imagine life without WFHB. And thanks to WFHB, I only need one setting on my radio to find great local music and informative programming. If you feel the same way, please consider joining the family by helping to support Volunteer Power Community Radio with your pledge. This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time. Bunnygate by Gunther Flum. Here it is. It's Easter Day, and there's this thing I gotta say, because I find it kind of funny that I find eggs laid by some bunny in my house and in my yard, hidden, so it's very hard, even colored by design, for me to see that I can't find. And so I had to ask around, and here's the bunny's tail I found. For speed, he's got them hopping legs, but where's he get them colored eggs? Here's where the stew in his plot thickens. He had to get them eggs from chickens. And so I did not hesitate, for I'd uncovered Bunnygate. And so I knew what I would do, because of course he leaves a clue. I went to every farmer's chicken to ask if there were eggs they're missing, and I was told I got it right that in the middle of the night, at this season every year, all them chickens live in fear, as every chicken's cluck will stop when in the night they hear that hop. I know you think you know the rest, but in the morning in their nest in every coop across the nation, they get a thanks for their donation with one small plaque and a shorter letter, hoping next year they do better. So it's not that they fear the rabbit, it's just that one demanding habit that every chicken in each hutch improve the size of each one's clutch. And so that rabbit ain't no saint, but now he's got them eggs to paint and not much time to get it done since I thought he's the only one to grab the paint and take the brush and give each egg that special touch. But I was in for some surprise. That bunny, he was full of lies. For let's be honest and be fair, for how can any single hair find some magic way to rig to paint a clutch of eggs that big? Now let me give this guy his due. He took the job and sees it through. But every year to line his shelves, he uses help from Santa's elves, who, since this ain't their time of season, have the time and every reason to help paint eggs and help the bunny while working where it's warm and sunny, and so they give a helping hand. But Bunny takes them across the land and gives them colored eggs for free to all us kids like you and me, since even though we never ask it, he's there each Easter with a basket. And for a rabbit with a quirk, that's still a lot of time and work. But in them baskets among the rest, I like them chocolate eggs the best. I just ain't figured out how he gets them chickens to do that. Of course, there's some things I don't want to know. Happy Easter. Yours truly, Gunther Flum. Let's talk about Little Cabin Home on the Hill. I first heard Little Cabin Home on the Hill done by Ricky Skaggs. I know it's older than him, older than that, but his version was the first that I heard. And then afterwards, you know, I heard the old timers doing it also. Ricky Skaggs' version really caught my ear. And from that first time I heard it, I just, just had to learn it. That one is kind of my favorite. I do like that one. I, I enjoy playing that one the most. I'll just keep playing so I won't be 
In our final segment, we have an extended community calendar. Vera shares her interview with Rick Clayton. Our own Rick Fettig gives us a secret to life. And we have another song from Rusted String Swindlers. Brown County is a busy place in April. The following are just a few of the many events going on. The Brown County Hour and WFHB are broadcasting live for the Brown County Day at the Pine Room Tavern on April the 10th. There's an open house for Yellowwood Forest on April 18th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This event will take place at the Yellowwood Property Office on Yellowwood Road. Topics will include forest management and the construction of the new Yellowwood Road. On April 12th, there's an annual soup bowl event benefiting Mother's Cupboard at the Seasons Lodge and Convention Center from 5 to 7 p.m. The third annual Morel and Music Festival will be held April 24 through the 26th at the Bill Monroe Campgrounds. The 13th annual Wine Festival will be held on April 25th at the Story Inn. The Brown County History Center will host a grand opening and building dedication on April 26th at 2 p.m. Brown County's library is having their annual Spring is Here plant sale on the 24th and the 25th. The Friends of Brown County State Park will be having their spring plant sale on the 25th. And the 30th annual Wildflower Foray will also be at the park on the 24th through the 26th. This is Vera Grubbs with the Brown County Hour. I'm on location with Reverend Rick Clayton of the Harmony Baptist Church here in New Bellsville, Brown County, Indiana. We're here to talk about labyrinths. Mr. Clayton has produced a labyrinth in the meadow behind the church. How long ago did you build this? I started it in May of last year. It's just almost a year old. And the material you <clears throat> used? It is, uh, what's the rock, rickrack, riffraff, what, the rock that uh, they use, the rock that were up there at the side of the church up there. We, I uh, brought truckfuls of those down and, and built it. It took about a month. It's 75 feet around. It takes 500 steps in and 500 out, I believe. Where does the labyrinth come from? My introduction to labyrinths came from when I was in seminary and we studied a lot of Celtic uh, spirituality there. And that's where I first became aware of the Seven Course, which is what this one is. After that, I learned about the one in the Shark Cathedral in, in uh, Europe, which is the Eleven Course. And then I began to get really interested in, in how people view sacred spaces and stone circles like Stonehenge and things like that, and how it can be meaningful for people to uh, include their bodies in the exercise and not just their heads. So in terms of religion, it really doesn't have that much connection with it. I don't see a connection with a particular faith system. I think the spirit works uh, outside of all of those in surprising ways. And sometimes, to me, in my experience anyway, as a labyrinth is a time to stop, focus your intentions, and walk with purpose. To me, the spirit can work in that way. And in this culture that we live in now, where we're always racing and busy all the time, uh, those moments are rare. So I built this 
for the whole community, not just for the church, not any particular persuasion, and not even just for people who are Christians, but anyone who wants to just take those few minutes to walk and experience spirit. It's a way of meditation. Yes, walking meditation. And I hear the birds chirping. Yes, they add to it. There's a couple of red-tailed hawks that uh, visit as well. Oh, uh, do they live behind us? Yes, they're up on that ridge, and they sit in the trees, and often when we're out here doing this, sometimes in the fair weather, we, we meet out here on a Wednesday night. They watch us, as, as do the deer. Doing my research, I found out that labyrinths go way back in history, prehistory, antiquity. Yeah, yeah, before we started writing these things down, yeah. I think um, there's always been a fascination with a particular place. Uh, Muslims would go to Mecca, uh, Christians would go to temple in Jerusalem, uh, you know, as Jews would. Every place has their a particular place where it just seems to be special in some way. And I think people, even in prehistory times, uh, they, would, they would designate those places and surround them in stone circles or some way to, to designate that space as kind of a sacred set-apart place. And how did you realize that this was a special place? The very first Sunday I was ever here, they asked me just to come in and, and fill in. I think it was two Easter's ago. And I just walked downstairs and I looked out the back door and looked at this space and I thought, yeah, there it is. <laughs> and I filled a couple before, so said, yeah, build me here. I realize that the idea of labyrinths has had numbers of renaissance, and one of them was in the medieval, in the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. and one of them is occurring now. It seems new and unique, but it really is. Uh, I think this is the third labyrinth that's in Brown County. There's one at Waycross and uh, another one that I don't remember where, but there's several in Bloomington and mm -hmm. several in Indianapolis. People are drawn to things like this. That was one reason this looks so open and inviting, because there's no fences and no walls. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is pull in and you're here. We very much wanted to make sure that this was not closed off to anyone, that the people are always able to come here and walk it if they want. When I was building it, people would, would stop by and just they just stop, like they're doing now. <laughs> Some of the cars that drive by, they just stop and look at it. I really would like to see a Google map picture of this from above. I think also in the snow this winter, when the sun heats the rocks, there's still snow on the ground, but the rocks heat the snow around it. That's a pretty interesting sight. Probably another thing about this particular labyrinth is it's built on kind of uneven ground. I made it narrow and I made it wide at parts. Some places it's marshy and some places yeah. it's dry. And uh, to me, I think uh, the idea behind a labyrinth anyway is to kind of replicate the, the human experience, the path. A, a labyrinth is different than a maze. Uh, people always confuse the two mm -hmm. scenes, but the labyrinth, there's one way in and there's one way out. Right. And if you stay on the path, you will get there. It's like life. It's wet and soggy sometimes. Sometimes it's dry, sometimes it's uphill, downhill, narrow and wide. I've been speaking with Reverend Rick Clayton of Harmony Baptist Church about the labyrinth in the meadow of the mm -hmm. church, and this has been Vera Grubbs for the Brown County Hour. And this is Rick Fettig with the Brown County Hour, and I have a few healthful hints for everybody. Um, I'm probably not the best example, but a couple things have crossed my ears over the last couple years that are easy to remember and uh, may help us all out a little bit. So the first one is, bitter is better. So like a bitter onion is better than a sweet onion. 
and uh, the next one is darker is better. So the darker the fruit or the darker the vegetable, uh, the more nutrition it has for you and is better for you. And not in mass quantities, but if you have some garlic, some honey, and some vinegar every day, it will contribute greatly to your health. And also, orgasms are very good. <laughs> Had to slip that in. Had to slip that in. It's true. It's true. Do you have some experience with that, Rick? I've read. I've seen it on TV. (laughs) Rick, why didn't you use the code word? Code word for what? Well, for orgasm. What would the? I don't know. Making the Jolly Rancher smile. Let's talk about White House blues. There's a lot of that going around these days. Yeah. I heard uh, Bill Monroe's version of the White House Blues, and he played it real fast and sang it real high, which not every artist that has ever recorded that song does. It just really stood out. We, we like fast and high, and it just seemed like a natural, must-learn tune, the way Bill Monroe did it. Thank you very much for coming in this evening. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on being the very first people that we have interviewed in our brand new studio. Thank you for having us. And we feel honored to be the very first people to do show in your new digs. Thanks for tuning in to episode 37 of the Brown County Hour, recorded for the very first time in our new studio in the History Center here in Uptown Nashville, and brought to you the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. You can stream this or any of our shows from our website, browncountyhour.com. And while you're there, check out our Woodwatch page devoted to informing the public about the situation our forest lands are facing. This show was produced by Jeff Foster, Pam Rader, Rick Fettig, Vera Grubbs, and Dave Seastrup. As always, a big thanks to our pal Slats Klug for our wonderful theme music.
listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County home.